Voices are exotic dancers enter one by one Make love to all of your orifices in your seduction Hello and welcome to Ear Seduction. I'm your host, Paul Schilling. Today we're going to talk about two very different topics. The first is guns, gun ownership, and the Second Amendment. The second, in a bizarre turn of events, is abortion. Now, my guest today's name is Jesse. He was a podcaster for a brief period of time with me on the Secular Hubcast. I think it should be obvious to you why I don't work with him anymore (laughs) in this recording, but perhaps not. But we're going to discuss a little bit about guns, gun culture, gun rights, and in the afterthoughts, in the final thoughts, I'll wrap things up a little better for you. But for now, I bring you Jesse and our discussion on gun rights and abortion. Hello, Paul. How are you doing today? doing all right, man. I'm yeah. doing pretty good. Yeah. Okay. I got a lot of sun today. I don't know if you could tell. Yeah, you're looking a little tan because that's what we really want to talk about. Mm-hmm. Guns. And, and just to be clear, we are not experts on guns or the Second Amendment. Yeah, definitely not. And we, we do not have a law degree. And we can't really speak, but I've given, given it some thought and I know some other... I've talked to other atheists who have also given us some thoughts, and uh, we're going to share a little bit here. So we're, we're going to go ahead and start with a, a reading from the Second Amendment, or from the Bill of Rights, Second Amendment specifically. It's a nice short one. Very short. A well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. So not a lot of words, not a lot going on there in the uh, language department, but very, very significant for the trajectory of our nation and politics and the exercise of power in our country. Yeah, indeed. Interesting, too, that uh, it's ambiguously stated here, uh, taken in its entire in its, in its entirety. It's talking about the militia, and it's talking about the security of a free state, which a state could be an individual state like Alabama or Kentucky, or it could be the state, as in the government. The nation The states. nation state, right. That's ambiguous. The right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Are they talking about the people that are in the militia? Because it seems that way. And back in those days, 1780, whatever um, yeah 1791 or something like that right around that time end of the 19th or end of the 18th century yeah um, militias were any able-bodied man so it's not like we had like in armed forces in the same sense that we do today where we have specific people that are not civilians that are working for the government to protect our rights right uh, militarily so it was you and me we we're able-bodied men and according to this we are the militia and according to this we have the right to bear arms and that shall not be infringed all right so that makes sense in a set in, in in that context, but I don't see anything here that says that a, a, a civilian has a right to bear arms. It's not unambiguous. Well, it, it could be more clear. Like it it could yeah. it could say all people can have all the guns without restriction. Like that would be pretty clear. It does refer to a rel- well-regulated militia, yeah, being necessary to the security of a free state. So a state can fight. But I think the ability for people in America to have weapons at all times has has been a pretty continuous right since America was founded, with or without a militia. Well, if the people used to be the militia, then it would make sense that they were well-armed. Okay. But the people are not the militia anymore. That was the point I was making. Fair enough. Uh, right, we have the National Guard and all the branches of the military. Mm-hmm. Uh, and when I say the people, I just mean like your everyday commoner, right? The okay. Guy going to work. He's not the militia, right? I, I don't know. It doesn't seem that way. I mean, he's, most people are not in the armed forces. That's pretty clear. It's yeah. a very small percentage of people yeah. who is who are who serve in the military or ever have. So, what are you trying to say, Paul? Are you saying that people who aren't in the military shouldn't have guns? It kind of sounds like you're going that way. No, I I don't think I am saying that, but I am saying that the Second Amendment doesn't specifically give me the right to have a gun as it's read here, as I see it. I don't see my right to have a gun here. Okay. Unless I take out this clause, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed, mm-hmm. and don't take it away separate from the first two. Okay. Um, because... The, 
that to me, it's a, it's like, it's like two separate things. If you do that, then I, gotcha. I can see where you think that you have the right to bear arms. Like if you just skip the context, <laughs> yeah, and just, just read skip only over half. the first two, yeah, okay, then then you're you're like, oh well, that means I have the right to bear arms. But in context with a well-regulated militia being necessary for the secu- security of a free state, it puts it into a context. Well-regulated well, militia, which I am not a part of. I, I am not a militia. I don't, you know, engage in malicious activity. <laughs> Okay. Whatever, right? And, militia like. Yeah. And I do not ensure the security of a free state. That's not part of what I do during the day. Fair enough. Um, well, fair enough. Um, so you choose not to be a gun owner, basically, uh, for for whatever reason. Well, I have a I have an air rifle. Air rifle. Um, okay. And I previously whatever. was a gun owner, uh, but for a very brief period of time. I don't have a gun because I don't feel like I need one to protect myself. Okay. I think that's a really traditional American viewpoint is to have a gun kind of the you know the myth of america of like uh, pilgrims or settlers out to in moving west always are depicted with you know guy, guy with a gun and a, a beaver skin cap or whatever yeah um cowboys are always depicted with guns it's it's gun culture is intrinsic to that sense of identity of america and uh pe- people on the farm always had a gun you know it's just it's part of being able to defend yourself, defend your honor. It's an American way of life. Yeah, I mean, I, I certainly think there is a, a, a deep and, and broad gun culture in the United States. Guns are cool in the United States, and I'm not sure that that's the same everywhere else. Okay, um, very cool. But it's interesting that you say that I the guess. Second Amendment gives us the right to have guns, and I well, think that's our first disagreement. The I, way mean, it's, I don't think it does. The way it's practiced, practiced and interpreted in the United States today, yeah. today it does. Yeah. And that's, I think, the reality of it. You, yeah, It seems like it seems like you have sort of an aspirational viewpoint or some kind of a striving viewpoint because uh, we've been talking about guns this whole time. We haven't talked about problems with guns, which is lots of people get, get murdered, lots of people commit suicide, and yeah, there are mass shootings that we are all aware of in our society. Mm-hmm. Well, you were just saying that there is a current reality. Yeah. And I think that, uh, you know, the way that I read the Second Amendment it, 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 and what I get from it, I don't think the Second Amendment reflects current reality very well. Um, you're right. The the majority of Americans that are in the gun culture believe that the Second Amendment gives them the right to bear arms or to own guns or to have multiple guns or to not be restricted in any way to collect any kind of arms. I hear people talking about potentially getting a bazooka or they'd buy a tank if they could. I know some gun people, people in the gun culture that speak in, the, in that way. Right, but you. we do have restrictions on them. You can't buy a machine gun or a flamethrower or a, a how it's are like those are restricted yeah. form classes of firearms um, it is possible to get you know licenses to use like a suppressor on a handgun or mm-hmm. a machine gun but they're very hard to get and very expensive which is why generally only ranges yeah. or some private individuals can get them yeah I mean there are restrictions for sure but I don't know that the gun culture thinks those restrictions should be there well there are always going to be there are always going to be differences of opinion and there's always going to be people on the extremes so sure. I, I don't think you can judge most gun owners by the people who want to have 48 different machine guns or whatever. No, I'm not trying to. I'm just saying that's a part of gun culture. Okay. It's an element of gun culture. Um, so we talked earlier and we said that since we, do, we don't know who is or isn't going to kill somebody, we just don't know who that is yet. We haven't figured out how to either scan someone's brain or you know have them fill out a questionnaire where we can say this guy or girl is going to kill somebody. Right. Um, so we have to address gun violence recti- retroactively. Yeah. And not rectum actively. <laughs> yeah, not yet anyway. Um, so we have to address gun violence retroactively. What mm. I don't know. What are your thoughts about that? Do you th- do you think that's a reality, or do you think there's something proactive that we could be doing? I think the reality is just as you said. You can't predict. What was that Tom Cruise movie where you can read the future and predict future crime? Mm. We don't have that. It's not we a don't thing. Have precogs. Yet. Yeah, not yet. So, and, and if we already report, if we did, it would just be you know a vehicle for abuse of authority. Honestly, I'm sure that was in the movie, although I never saw it. Because guns are out there, people who wish to commit murder have access to them. I think it's a fact that retroactively we have to engage with people that kill, and we're no, we don't have currently like a proactive solution to determine who's going to kill before they kill. Okay, gotcha. Um, yeah. And then you were going to take that. Yeah, so there are hundreds of millions of gun- guns in the United States 
and some of those get into the hands of people who want to commit crimes just because there aren't as many restrictions and there are, you know there's always black market but then there are people who get them legally or who can steal them or, or uh, you know buy them from the iron pipeline of you know gun smuggling it's mm-hmm. there are different ways for people to get them so there's and I, as far as I'm concerned I don't think there's any way for the governments or the people to take them away from individuals who already possess guns because it's almost like a religious or cult-like belief. Uh, Obama got in trouble a few years for talking about people who cling to their guns and God and whatever. Mm-hmm. Guns, God, and gays. Um, but I think it's it's a really fundamental belief on a part of many, many people and that, that guns are... You know, you need them to protect yourself. Like, if bad guys have them, the only way to stop them is a good guy with a gun. Like, I believe there's people who, who look at that like it, it's a, it should be a commandment in the Bible. Because we all have the right to self-defense. And if bad guys have guns, well, good guys should have guns too. I can see the logic there. Mm-hmm. And I think there's also a strong belief, uh, mistrust in governments and belief that the government might try to be oppressive or enslave people at large. And so you need the guns to be able to stand up to the government. I believe there are many people who believe that what do you believe on a very basic level me um, yeah i think that's the crux of the question what is it you think because i I know there's a spectrum of belief out there right we can go over all the different beliefs that people have but where where are you gonna fall in there do you think i'm gonna give you i'm gonna give you a uh, no i do not believe that i'm gonna give you a probably a very unsatisfying answer and i'm gonna respond and say that it's very complex and there are many positive aspects to gun ownership in the united states Hmm. and of course there are horrible tragic ones such as shootings homicides you know mass shootings at schools and other public places sure so are they more destructive than they aren't i mean i it seems that way it's hard to avoid um you know it's I mean, you can't avoid reading and learning about news stories if you want to stay distracted all the time. But if you're interested in what goes on in society and paying attention and being part of the conversation, you have to talk about gun violence because it's so prominent. Uh, when when large numbers of people when large numbers of people get killed or injured in a mass shooting, mm-hmm. uh, it's like this is a horrible thing. It only happens. I mean, it's I mean, it's like a terrorist tactic used by terrorists in other places, and it's used by terrorists here. But it's, you know, like lone wolf rather than organized terrorists or whatever. Uh, I don't know. It's, it's such a complex subject. So I'm, I'm, it, I can't, I don't know how to give a simple answer. I, I am a gun owner. Okay. I, I exercise my Second Amendment right to be a gun owner mm-hmm. and to. Why do you have guns? I always wanted guns. I was trained on how to use guns when I was 10 years old. My grandpa was in the Marine Corps. That's mm-hmm. where he learned. And he was always a farmer. He taught me how to shoot a 22 and a shotgun. And uh, I fired. So it's kind of a tradition in your family. Fired a pistol my first time when I was like twelve or thirteen. Yeah, and is that, that the main reason why you own? Is because it's kind of like a hand-me-down thing, or maybe you have some of your grandfather's guns, or something? now I wish now they all went somewhere else. So you bought your own guns. That's right. Yeah. Was yeah, it, I bought one from a store and one in a private sale. Okay. And what did you buy them for? Did you buy them because you want to shoot or... Yeah. It's... Like practice it's the fun, range? It's fun to participate in the culture. I have gun buddies. We go to the range. Oh, cool. Um, sometimes you can take girls to a date on a, at a gun range. It's actually... For the right lady, it's a really cool date. Mm-hmm. I'm not I'm not going to lie. I'm not, I'm not being shallow. It's just a fact. <laughs> like some people... Guns are cool. Some, Sounds like a good time. Yeah. Some people like them. I've seen pink uh, AK K-47s and M-16s and yeah, you know, online and stuff. They have cool like tiger gold patterns and I assume, I mean, if it's pink or it's, you know, some interesting color that it's probably for females. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. I mean, there's over 300 million guns, so gun ma- manufacturers probably have to do something to stand out. Well, I dated a girl uh, who was uh, in the gun culture and she actually had a 45 caliber Desert Eagle that was gold-plated with tiger design on it, like tiger wow. Stripes. Yeah, gunsmiths make money. I was like, whoa. Gunsmithing is like a thing you like can I, do. I think she thinks she's a Charlie's Angel or something. <laughs> and she's like Tiger Girl or whatever. So she wears like skin tight tiger tights or whatever and she pulls out her fucking gold pardon me. She pulls out her gold gun and she points it at some you know, I don't know what she thinks she's doing with it, but that sounds amazing. If you if you get shot with that gun, you're extra dead. Like yeah. you died with style. Or you or, or like a fantasy you have just came true. <laughs> right? Like a Charlie's Angel came out of a helicopter and 
straddled your face for a minute you. and then shot you in the head. Yeah. yeah. Right. Whacked you. <laughs> I got whacked by a hot chick. <laughs> she was like six one. She was pretty cute. But I'm gonna say it in your past life. The gun your next life or thing was a little, a little much for me. But anyway, okay. So, so you own guns because you like to go shooting. It's a, a recreation for you. A little bit. Yeah. yeah. And there's the idea that. Uh, if there was a zombie apocalypse and, and everything's breaking down, I think I mean I don't believe that there's going to be zombies, but that kind of end of the world scenario if shit's going to hell, yeah, and and the rules are breaking down, you know, I can stand up for myself at least in a limited way, mm-hmm. uh, it might stand be a up good for tool. stand up for other people. Hopefully, mm-hmm. I don't know if that's just a ridiculous fantasy or not, but it was. Let's just say if if the enjoyment factor of owning a firearm is eighty percent of it, there's a twenty percent that thinks that hey, it's a useful tool for what it's designed to do yeah because guns kill that's what they do they kill people they take life so if it's a necessity to kill then you're ready no but at least i have like possibly a tool i don't know like i've never killed before i don't know if i could do it i'm not saying that i'm just saying if it's an you're saying essentially if i have to kill people or things animals i have the tools to do it right because otherwise i'm using like a steak knife or like a crowbar or something. Yeah. And that's just a lot less efficient. Or like me, it's like a a coat rack, right? Like I got, (laughs) what do I got? I got a little tiny blade and then, yeah. You could hit him with a a dumbbell. Yeah. Yeah. I could be like a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle, right? Casey Jones. Show up with a fucking, or excuse me, show up with like a bat and a lacrosse stick. Lacrosse stick, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Everybody would be really afraid of me. Okay, what if you take take the coat rack, get the steak knives and some duct tape, put one on each one of those. Make, Make a weapon of mass destruction. Yeah, you'd have like yeah. f- a five-pointed spear. That'd last like 20 seconds probably. <laughs> Duct tape. Not pe- known for being all that Get some resistant gr- gorilla, to t- gorilla tape. Yeah, that's better. It would be a pe- uh, like a pentaspear. Anyway. Okay, so... Sorry, we ran in. No, we're good. It seems to me that there, there are sort of two extremes in the media right now, right? And I don't hear the extremes from the actual parties. I hear them from the opposite parties. So I hear liberals calling conservatives... Uh, they're, they're saying that they want to arm everyone, right? Right? That the solution is just get as many guns into the population as possible. Um, but I don't really hear that from the right directly. I do hear elements of that that make it sound like they're on their path to do that. But I don't hear somebody saying, we need to arm everybody. Right? But I do hear the left saying that about the right. And then the other side is true as well. I hear the right saying, well, what? Are we just going to disarm everyone? The left just wants to take all your guns away. I don't hear the left saying that. I do hear things like maybe we'll have a buyback program. I do hear, I do hear things that maybe push us in that direction. But I don't hear anything that says specifically, we're going to take all the guns away starting this date. Anybody that has a gun is going to be considered, you know, illegal and we're going to come get you or something like that. So I don't hear those those extremes, but these seem to be the extremes that people are working from. So yes. on one side, you've got more guns for everybody, right? Everybody gets a gun. On the other side, you've got a complete disarmament of the, of the nation. Now, are you referring to that? Because that's definitely an oversimplification. Are you referring to that as something you perceive in the media? Out, yeah. in, out in society the, at large. Yeah, when I hear conservatives talking about liberals, I hear them saying things like they want to take all your guns away. And when the, I hear the gun grabbers. Yeah, and this comes from pundits too. It doesn't come just from government. But and then on the liberal side, I hear liberals saying about conservatives, uh, they just they they want more guns, as many guns as possible. They want to flood. Everybody should have a gun. Teachers need guns. Kids need guns. I mean, they're talking. I hear them say <laughs> stuff like that sometimes. I think they're being inflammatory, but I do hear that yeah. okay so that does seem to be at least the talk in the talking points it seems to be the two sides of the spectrum it is the two sides either everybody gets a gun or nobody gets a gun right when when you have a dichotomy set up like that yeah it you're going to drift to one end or the other of the spectrum even if they're not they're not realistic because most people are in the middle somewhere no, but it is the dichotomy. So it's a good place to start if we want to have like, a, okay, so where do we fall, right? Let the well, I think, swing. I think you enumerated both points pretty well. Everybody gets guns or nobody gets guns. Right. So now what, right? Where do we go from there, essentially? Okay. Do, do we both agree that if everybody had guns, that would not be the ideal situation? Well, yeah, of course. That, well, yeah. first of all, if everybody had guns, a large number of people would get rid of them somehow, and then you would have well, a lot of you'd have weird. It would just be weird. Yeah, to not, like, like not it, to change the not if to Santa, change if the, Santa if Santa on Christmas Eve Santa brought a, a handgun or a long gun or a shotgun, one to every single person in America. Yeah, there would be a lot of accidental shootings on Christmas Day. 
Okay, so um, you, I mean, <laughs> you don't think that everybody like the solution is not to arm everybody? Yeah, well, I mean, okay. I, I, so we agree to that. Well, let's. I don't think anyone's. I don't think anyone's seriously positing that all people get them, I, but that you can I'm have. Not claiming they are, you I'm can have you a direct question. You can Do ha- you think you yes can or have? No well, let's that. say. Well, let's say like if every pilot and every stewardess or one stewardess on every flight had was packing heat, mm-hmm. and if. You know, maybe not every teacher in the elementary school, but, you know, the principal and uh, maybe the language arts teacher, the, you know, a few people who are, show some extra competency beyond, you know, just the normal, like if they, let's say they took some kind of test mm-hmm. and then you could be like, you know, they get the, the school marshal or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, yeah. you know. Yeah, they get and, access. Yeah, maybe one out of every four liquor store owners gets a special badge and gets to pack a heat you know a shotgun or something i don't know like is that what you're talking about like there's just everybody in society every class of people every no i'm you know doorman at doorman at hotels get to have a, a holster on their side you already answered the question you're three steps ahead of me but that's fine we're you're finding a middle ground and i'm just saying do we agree that if we arm everyone that's not the optimal solution it's not you even, said no it's not even a thing it's, yeah yeah it's not it's not the optimal solution Less than so optimal. no guns and disarming everyone could that be an optimal solution no i don't think that's a solution at all you'd have to take guns by violence and the, pro- the problem with guns is it, that they make violence really easy just okay just pretend i can snap my finger and there's no guns to, to anybody but like our military for instance like our, you know just your regular folks uh, no is that a possible optimal solution if you could somehow do it i think it would just immediately start black market guns from mexico and canada like Americans I, will demand I, guns. I understand what you're saying. I understand that you're saying that people would find a way to get guns. That's not the question I'm asking, though. Do you think that that is a possible optimal solution? That people without guns and not having guns and not having access to guns? Is that something that could be a good... Could that be a good situation? Sure. I, I suppose in a, in a hypothetical alternate universe. Like when I was a kid learning about nuclear bombs, nu- atomic thermonuclear destruction and all that kind of stuff. Sure. I used to just fantasize, like, there's no good solution going forward with more people having nukes. If somehow, like, aliens or Jesus or whoever could just make all the nukes go away, our, you know, our world would be safer. It'd be better, yeah. That's, you know, that was the way my little mind thought. So, I think if you could take all the guns away, you would, you would make committing suicide harder and you'd make committing murder harder. Yeah. And so I could see positives there. Okay. But, so, oh, go ahead. So sorry. I was just going to say, like, you would, I don't know, I, uh, because you're talking about like magic, so it's like, how would people like people who really love guns? Just to be clear, how would they respond? Just to be clear, I, I'm not talking about magic. I'm setting up a mind experiment where we have uh, one side of the extreme and the other side, and once we determine which side is preferable, I'm going to say, okay, well, we have a, a space somewhere in the middle. Obviously, right? We don't have these extremes. What we do have is something in the middle. Should we be moving towards one side or the other? Gotcha. That's all I'm trying to do. But go ahead. You were. I just didn't. Well, I'm not talking about magic. I'm just trying to get a framework where we can now say which direction should we go should we go towards less guns or more guns and then then we can actually have a discussion about how but go ahead just so you're clear about what i'm trying to do to be honest i don't know if we should move towards less guns or more guns okay but you did uh, say earlier that a less guns or no guns to take it to the extreme could be a solution in the sense that we would have less suicide less murder be a lot harder to kill people yeah if if everybody had a gun it would be a really bad outcome. If nobody had a gun, it would probably be a good outcome. It'd be or, or less bad. Yeah, it'd be less. Okay, yeah, it'd be less bad. Okay. So yeah, but yeah, yeah. If everybody had guns, it would be horrible. Yeah. There'd be little babies getting shooting each other and stuff, which already already happens. Yeah, that already happens. Okay. All right. So I don't know if you want to go in any further into the mind experiment, but I just wanted to set a stage. Uh, okay. So we could have a mind experiment. Now we could do a mind experiment. Yeah. It's hard to suspend disbelief that much. Well, no. Now we can. Now we can focus it in. Reality. Now the reality is that we have a multitude of people in the United States for a variety of reasons owning guns. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Some people own them because they find recreational enjoyment out of it 80% of the time and 20% of the time they're preparing for an apocalypse. Yeah, um, I, would, I would say it's important to recognize that there are complex reasons and multiple reasons people own them. Yeah, and other people hunt ducks, right? Yeah. And then some people are collecting weaponry to kill other people or to, they think that they need to to defend themselves 
themselves from other people. They're actually in a situation where people are getting shot on a regular basis and they need a gun to make sure that if somebody comes to shoot them, they can shoot first or sure. they can protect their lives. Yeah. So, so there's a, there's just a variety of reasons, but the reality is, is that there are a significant amount of guns in the society. Okay. No doubt. Right. So now we're in reality, right? I hope so. We've sloughed off the extremes, but we know which direction we want to go okay. according to the analysis that we just did, right? So you're saying it's preferable to have no guns as opposed to everybody having a gun. So, well, I think you're, you seem to be tipping me towards saying that we should have less guns. Where I never said, whereas I never said that. No, no, I'm not, I'm not I saying I said that. in the you thought experiment. Would, yeah, that's one, what I'm saying. One impossible solution is better than the other impossible solution. Right. All I'm saying now, I'm not saying that you're saying we should have less guns. I was just going to ask you. So, what do you think, given where we are in reality, and you were saying that it would be preferable, do you think that there is a path in either direction, or do we need to maybe have more guns for a little while and then less guns, or do we need to have less guns indefinitely, like moving in that direction, or is there a, is there a path in your mind that, that makes sense? Is there a talking point that you're like, hey, you know, when I hear that, I get that. Like, that that kind of rings to me. It rings in my ears. The top, the top thing I would change if I could would be to make licensing uh, requirements. Uh, for people who already have guns, you have to kind of grandfather it in. But if you're going to have a new purchase, then you should have some kind of a, a license before you can own a gun. Okay. So I would... I would acknowledge licensing some kind of a standard, a basic standard that people will need to reach to be able to get the license and then some kind of a licensing authority okay. from the government that people would have to acknowledge. So and, and I think, license. yeah, and I think you, you, there's like the, the gun hole loophole where private sales, like I bought, I told you I bought one of my firearms in a, a private sale. It was just, we literally met in a grocery store parking yeah. lot and I gave him a stack of greasy money and he gave me a greasy firearm. I think, yeah, so it makes it really tricky. Plus, people make guns. You can literally make one out of, you know, a block of aluminum. People sure. make ARs out of them. So, like, how do you license guns that people make on their own? And but you're what if it's, what if it's like a for gun licensing? Let's not go through every scenario that undermines your point. Okay. Right. Well, again, you would it's be so complex. Some kind of licensing. Yeah. I I think to, if, to, if you, you if you listen if you need a yeah. license to talk, what's some ridiculous stuff well obviously have a to operate a car yeah to operate a plane or something like that you need licenses for a variety of activities right and and i mean obviously operating a car is life and death but most of that stuff is not life and death i mean a fishing license is life and death for the fish but no, 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 no humans are going to get killed if you catch a fish out of a lake. But not if you're doing it right. But if you get a gun and you go out, let's say you, let's say, I don't know. What do you think about licensing? Like, I think that's a, I think that's a solid step forward. Yeah. I, I would see some, some kind of test to test your cognitive ability, your psycho, your psychology yeah. at the moment, um, and your knowledge of the weapons that you own. You know, like so your like, basic competency to like load it, to not point it at people, to yeah, I mean, to not whatever. I'm talking, I'm not talking about gun safety. I do think there should be like a gun safety class, like the do's and don'ts. But I'm saying, what's your cognitive ability? Are you can you see? Can you hear? Can can you see color? Can you you know? Can do your you, handshake really? If bad. I throw a ball at your head, can you catch it, or does it just hit you in the head? You know, like what is your cognitive ability? Are you able to respond to external stimulus, and how so? And okay. we set a standard saying you have to be able to do at least this to own a gun and then say okay now that we've done that how are you at handling the weapons you do have do you know how they work do you know how to take them apart and clean them like i don't know if that needs to be the standard maybe you can take it somewhere and have it cleaned well, sure, but, like, like how well do you know these weapons you need to demonstrate that you have the ability to manage them okay i think that that's not, that all sounds reasonable and then the psychological I, I think we should have a test that says are you a psychopath and we do have those tests but we're not giving it to people okay so you would like a, a measurement of someone's psychopathy or stability or whatever. Yeah, like how moral are they? Do they think it's okay to torture a puppy? I want to know that before I sell them a gun, you know, because that could lead to other things. I guess so. Uh, perhaps that would be worth looking into. I don't know how you would actually measure that in a useful way. I think if somebody was like has a diagnosis of you know some serious mental condition or they have a history of doing something violent, they should be restricted from from gun use or at least for some time unless they can demonstrate that they can really use it. Again, I think it is pretty basic right, or at least it's acknowledged as such in the United States. Well, but this is you, not the United States. From well, whatever. What you think it is. I I think it's a I think it's a something that we 
should try to protect as people, our ability to own guns. But I do think I should have to prove that I am capable and competent and morally... You should... should. That I'm morally unambiguous before I'm able to just go take and buy a multitude of firearms and and get an armory going in my garage, for instance, or in my closet, you know? Sure. And and that's an extreme, but, you know, just to get my my 20 gauge for shooting ducks, I, I should have to pass a test and I should have to do it every year, you know, is what I think. It's not going away and the problem, I mean, more and more guns are getting sold all the time. There's more more of them out there all the time. So, I don't know what the solution is. Nobody does and that's why we have to keep going forward. As we're going through time, we have to have these conversations and keep figuring it out to see if we can come to a better solution than we've had in the past. Can people still maintain their rights and their ability to have certain property that's really important to millions of people and can we still protect order? What's the balance between giving people the rights to have a possession and the ability to defend themselves versus people who would lose their life? You know, you have a right to stay alive. So what's the balance there? And is it out of whack in our society? Can we approach a better, a better outcome, a better, a better way, a better way of sustaining our society? Real quick, because I think that's a good stopping point right there. So do you, do you think it's a right to own a gun or do you think that's what people think? Do you think I that personally? I don't think there's a difference because rights well, rights rights come from people agreeing that there no, are no, certain no, no, that's, rights. That's not what I'm asking. There are people that believe that it's a right. Do you believe that it's a right to own a gun? Yeah, I think it's firmly established. I, I don't think that there's some kind of magic force in the universe that grants us our rights. No, I'm not assuming that at all. Like I believe that we have a right to liberty because as a society that's something we agree and most people give each other liberty and allow people to have liberty. Uh, we have the right to say and and write songs and create art the way you want to because we have a right to freedom of speech because we agree to that. It's human values are the only values that exist. Sure. So, so, yeah, I believe that the right to have gun ownership exists. Do you? Okay. So you think that you have a personal right to gun ownership? Yes. Okay. That makes sense. I'm not sure that I do. I do agree that we have the right to defend ourselves and we have the right to uh, hold personal property. Okay. Um, so, I mean, I is it a privilege? Is specifically, it? a gun is a right. Because there it? are other ways to defend yourself. It depends on what you're anchoring it on, I think. Like, are you saying... I mean, you can go out and get a gun, and if someone tries to discriminate against you, you could take them to court and, like, fight about it. Because you have the right, whether you think you do or not. Like, I'm not sure where the division is. Because, like... Yeah, that's a tough one. Yeah. I mean... I, I think rights, I, I think you have certain rights whether everybody agrees or not, right? And so, like, it, it's, if we talk about justice, you'd be just in, let's say, upholding your right to life, even if everybody around you thinks that you don't have a right to life, right? So, they think it's fine if they kill you, you don't agree, uh, and you would be justified in defending yourself against them. Okay. Um, and I don't think that's given by the state, for instance. I think it's it's a right that you can claim as yours okay. without agreeing anybody agreeing. But I don't know where guns... I, all I'm, I'm not saying guns aren't a right. I'm just saying I don't know that I'm convinced that they are. Okay, well, let's talk about... Do you know what I mean? Can we juxtapose rights to bear to keep and bear arms versus uh, the right to get an abortion? That was... We can, yeah. I mean, because... I, I think there's kind of a clear, you were talking about the extremes on gun ownership. Sure. Abortion's another area where there are extremes. There are people who think women should have right to abortion in all cases, and others who think that no abortion should ever happen, not even in the case of risking the life of the mother. Like, if, if an egg is fertilized and implanted, you have to have that baby. Right. And it, gen- you know, it break politically, it breaks down, like, people who are in favor of gun ownership tend to be against abortion, <laughs> and vice versa. People who are in favor of Abortion rights generally don't want guns. I think it's an interesting, you know, I'm, I guess I'm kind of funny. I, I believe in gun ownership rights and in abortion rights. So do I. I think if you're going <laughs> to kill people, you should kill them in all stages of life, not just before they're born or after they're born. Kill them both places is my, my point of view. Sure. Was that too dry? This isn't a sign. I don't, I don't think so. Okay. I don't, I, people will probably take that seriously unless I say LOL or something. No, I mean, <laughs> I understand your point. Okay. I don't, I don't agree with your point, but I understand what you're saying. Uh, I'm saying that you're saying that nobody has a special right to life. Uh, yeah, I was, this, it was. I guess it was kind of intended as like a gallows humor. Mm-hmm. But the bigger point I'm trying to make is that people who are on one extreme or the other aren't going to change their viewpoint. But for most people, there's like there's an accommodation that can be reached for people who feel uncomfortable with abortion. 
you know, there's a way to look at it from like public safety because sure. because women are, are a certain percentage of women are always going to seek abortion whether it's legal or not, and that exposes them to risk mm-hmm. if they if they can't get it done professionally in a sterile environment and all that kind of stuff. Sure. And the same with like firearms. Some people are gonna they're gonna hold on to their firearms no matter what. You'll never be able to induce them, or you, you'll have to get kind of you can't get it away from force because firearms are a good way for people to resist and. I think as a society, we, we have to move forward with both things. I mean, you know, it's not like a society has to trade one or the other. Mm-hmm. I guess what but I think it's uh, like there's no getting around the fact that both of them are part of our society and they're going to remain that way. Uh, yeah, and I'm not claiming they're not. I guess, I guess the point I'm trying to make is that I remain unconvinced that gun ownership is a right because I haven't heard the, you know, unambiguous argument where the conclusion is that owning a gun is your right. I have uh, heard an unambiguous and I think correct argument for why a woman should be allowed to abort a fetus or baby or whatever at any time during pregnancy. So I just haven't heard that, you know, that argument. I haven't heard that logical conclusion. And I wasn't, I, I wonder when people say that they believe it's a right, I wonder what convinced them. Like what, what position convinced you that it is? Other than from what you said is that it's already a reality. Yeah. It it's kind of be, always been that way in our in our society. Or at least it appears that way. Right. It, it, it's already a reality, and certain interpretations of the Second Amendment can you can you can interpret the Second Amendment Second Amendment in such a way that it, it, the government ensures that right. But as I said before, that's not a justification for why that's your right. Whereas like a right to life has a very clear and distinct justification. I gotcha. Or a right to abort a, a baby or an unborn human being. <laughs> I like. To say, I don't like See, so baby. I like unborn <laughs> human being because that covers the whole stage. It yeah. is always an unborn human being. It's never right. not anything. It's other not than a zygote. Like, you know, I mean, it is zygote, zygote rights, but it's an unborn human being. Um, I know what you're talking in about. In some stage of human development. I gotcha. Um, but anyway, that is a cut and dry argument. I think people, you know, they argue both sides for sure, but there is a right and wrong side and you can draw a, a direct line from a, a logical statement that leads to a logical conclusion and it's all valid and, and everything. So, I don't know. I wonder about that. I wonder I don't know. I don't where that right anchors, where it's justified. I just haven't figured it out yet. Maybe it comes down to the legitimate exercise of violence. Because ideally it would be, this, you know, in most places it's like the state. The sovereign authority in a place is the one that has the ability to enforce laws, execute people, lock people up, you know, commit violence. Police can do that. The military can do that. Private citizens can't do that. But America is founded on the principle that the government is the people. The government is subordinate to the people. So the the people need to have it. I can appreciate your viewpoint. Like you're kind of parsing the language and saying, you know, well-regulated militia, the people, the right of the people should not be infringed. The right of the people to keep them by arms. But if the government is the people, I mean, the, the ability to let's say outsource the gun ownership because you're, you're kind of like we have these specialized people police and military mm-hmm. who can the well-regulated militia right right uh, national guard coast guard whatever sure and everybody else you know they're they're just amateurs and shouldn't be involved but oh i didn't say they shouldn't be involved i said i'm not convinced that the second amendment says specifically that every citizen should have a gun gotcha well it has I, the right to a gun i, I just, get, i don't see that in the amendment sure i guess that that's why people have been disagreeing about this for so long and why disagreements shall continue. Sure. Yeah, I mean, I don't see that's any, obvious, yeah. but I guess... I, I'm For me, I'd, I'd see, like, we talked about licensing. For me, that's the idea of harm reduction. Yeah. Guns are out there. Like, you can't get them back. You're, you can't take them away from people. You can take some. You can do buybacks and shit like that. But for people who want to keep them, you can't do anything about that. So... Can we do can we do licensing to try and prevent more from getting into private hands? I guess, or, or the wrong hands, I should say. The que- the question I'm uh, let me ask a clarifying question. So, are you saying that it's a right because the government says so? I think it's well understood in society by most people that it's a right, and therefore it's a right. Like by acclaim, people in society say it's a right, and therefore it's a right. Okay, so it's a right because a lot of people say it's a right. Yes. Is that a sound place to put your reasoning? Like if a lot of people say Scientology is real. Is it real? Or if a lot of people say you have the right to rape 
babies. Is that true? Like, is that a, a steady ground for a right? When I word it I that way, there's uh, only one answer, isn't it? Yeah. There? <laughs> yeah, that's a, a, what we call a straw man argument. That is it's not based, a straw man based argument. On a, that is using based your on, logic and just adding different words to it. I'm taking out... But, but it's, again, you it's... You said it was a right if people say it's a right. Yeah, I guess so. If, 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 I mean, there's always... I think that's why I'm uncomfortable with it, because I'm not sure that that means it's a right. I can draw an argument for why you can defend your life. There's scientific evidence. There's reasons. There's there's a, like a baseline foundation for why murdering somebody, and therefore the defense of that life that doesn't want to be murdered is is correct. It's just. And why murdering is not just. Right. Why, why that is not an okay thing to do, because it takes away somebody's life. There's real harm. Of course. And we can measure that harm in blood and, and you know, all the things that that person couldn't do or, yeah. or abandonment an, of all the things that they did. You're an economics expert. How much value would that person have added during their lifetime? All gone. I mean, yeah, right. That's a lot of utility. So the idea, though, <laughs> that it's right because people say it's right, that's what makes me uncomfortable, I think. If well, I had enough. to, like, pin it down. And I haven't heard any, like, what's... You could take the defense side, right? You could say, well, guns are clear. And I don't, I don't dispute this at all. Guns are clearly the best way to defend yourself. If you want to kill somebody, that's the way to do it, right? Okay. Would you agree to that? Perhaps. I might like to drop a safe on them when they're walking below. But is that the best way? Is it the easiest way? It would really send a message. Okay. No. All right. If you want this to be concise, then <laughs> answering the question is usually a good way to do that. <laughs> <laughs> I technically answered. You it. want to talk about dropping safes? Um, okay, so I agree that that's the best way to defend yourself. But right, it's it, proportional. If someone's coming at you with a gun, you can't spray them with pepper spray. Right, they'll yeah. still kill well, you. you. Might, but yeah, yeah, right. It's not. It's not the best way. Probably. Yeah. Just shoot them. Right. Right. But. You could always say there are other ways to defend yourself, and if nobody has a gun, then I don't have to shoot them. It's there's another way, right? It sure, might like, not be the best way though. It's go ahead, sorry. Because like if they break in with and they have like a ninja sword, yeah, yeah, and all you have is a baseball bat, yeah, you're still gonna be in pretty good shape. Like you could kind of if, if you right. if you can avoid getting slashed or you, bear spray, yeah, bear spray, you got some distance on them, yeah. yeah. So uh, yeah, I mean, if you could take guns out of it, because guns get well, so, le so lethal so quickly, yeah. But hold on a second. Okay, so we got a guy that broke in and he's got a ninja sword mm -hmm. i still agree that the best way to, to save my life is to shoot him sure yeah, yeah no doubt all right so it does fall to that it does fall to that even if we take away all guns and we say okay let's say nobody has guns right but he's got a ninja sword <laughs> <laughs> i assume that the sales of ninja swords would go through the roof if they took away all our guns right yeah ninja swords are pretty cool too yeah I mean, I saw Pulp Fiction. Um, that was a samurai sword. Oh, Jesus. So, so I guess from a self-defense perspective, if you are serious about defending your own life or the lives of innocent people, then guns are... I mean, we can't uninvent them, right? True. It's a technology. Technologies are used to make lives better, generally. Guns are the way to do that. Would you agree to that? I, I don't know. I mean, it is it is a way. I don't know if it's the best way. Well, against a ninja sword, it would be better than not having... Then, then let's say you had a ninja sword. I think, look, in our society, if someone wants to attack you, they're going to get a gun. And you need to be able to match that with a proportional use of force, which means you also need to have a gun to respond to their gun. Well, and <clears throat> even in the case where they're not using a gun, it's still way better if you have a gun. Well, you're sure. being attacked. Sure, it might be a really be, uh, talented, yeah. he might be a, he might be a really strong athlete or really tough or, you know, he might, he might be immune to pepper spray. It might be an old lady in a wheelchair, but she's got a bat and I got a gun, so I win. Yeah. Right? All right. Well, damn it. That's a pretty good argument for why we need guns. So I guess you could base the right to bear arms on that. I mean, that is, I don't know. I don't see a way around it. So that is like an evidential, testable, falsifiable reason for having a gun. Okay. That could happen. I mean, that, that could be the argument is that the best way that we have right now to defend our own lives and we have that right. And that I think is undeniable. Okay. I have talked to people that don't think we have a right to life. Yeah. And I told wow. this person and I thought maybe he should go to the doctor and find out if he's a psychopath. But this same person would, you know, take his dog to the vet and leave him overnight, even though the vet's like, your dog's fine. He's like, <laughs> Why don't you just hold him for another 18 hours so I can give you another $4,800? You know okay. what I mean? Like he's a, a moral guy. 
He's very moral, but he doesn't think we have a right to life. Okay, I'd say that's an interesting viewpoint. Did he did he express why? Is it because of like overpopulation or something like that? No, I think I think that's a really interesting topic, but because uh, I do think there's a, a link there. But um, no, he he was saying it's because uh, honestly, this is going to sound like a jab, but he was saying it's because we agree that it's a right, so it's a right. Like it's not something that we have in innately. He doesn't essentially. He didn't read the Constitution and the word. In inalienable. Okay. He didn't think that that word was, he didn't agree with that word. Okay. So he thinks rights are given by the government, whereas in the governmental document, it says these are not rights given by us. These are innate in everybody. They just exist. They, they are. They're yeah. like gravity or something. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that's that's where he fell. Okay. Well, whatever. I think a lot of people fall there, but well, I, for it one, makes me uncomfortable. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I think people have a right to a life and I'm, I worry about the amount of people the population on the planet because of the amount of resources that it requires to keep people going. But I don't necessarily agree with the notion that we're terribly overpopulated and that humans are intrinsically bad. I don't I don't agree with that concept. Although humans do a lot of bad stuff and a lot of destruction. That's interesting because I would have taken it just from a pure economic standpoint and saying the more of something there is, the less value we put on each individual thing. So like if there's $100,000 total in the economy, each dollar is going to be worth a lot. Mm-hmm. But if there's like like $80 billion in the economy, each dollar is now worth much less. Okay. So the same could be said for human life. The more Maybe. people there are, the less value we put on those things. It's sort of a, it's just the way it is, sort of a way that we view things. It's kind of like, you ever, uh, don't you think like if, if each life is, uh, it brings its own value, intrinsic value, then the overall amount of value grows rather than just diluting it? Because you're, you're saying there's like a finite amount of, um, of whatever it is. Yeah, I, I understand what you're saying um it doesn't it's not based on the on the finiteness or non-finiteness of it right so you're, you're saying essentially that there's an infinite amount of love or value that we could place on humanity in general well not necessarily because at, one, at some point you're really going to tip the scales on resource consumption and then you're gonna have like a mass die-off or something horrible like that yeah in which case you had a you had like an inflationary bubble of life and yeah. then it popped and you had an adjustment back downwards and probably some kind of horrible depression and i'm not saying i'm not making a claim on how much love or how much enjoyment or how much utility is possible. I'm just saying that the more people there are, and studies show this. So like when they do studies of uh, like those commercials that you see on TV about, look at all these kids need money and food and stuff, right? They're all dying. Please give money. Sally Struthers. Yeah. If they show like 20 kids, they're much less likely to get money than if they show one kid and they name that kid and you look into that one kid's eyes. If you're responsible for one kid, the value of that life becomes much greater than if you think you're helping 250 kids. They don't get nearly as much many donations and each donation is incrementally smaller the more people that are being represented. The fewer a, kids... A, a million better. a million deaths is a statistic. One death is a tragedy. Yeah, you could say it like that. Yeah. To paraphrase that's, someone. That's the basis of why I'm saying that. I'm not saying necessarily that like your mom would love you less or, or that you would love your family less because there's so many people. I think there's probably probably an unlimited amount of potential love and joy and value that we place on each other as, as, as people. Okay. But just as a straight psychological, from psychology, that's where that research comes from about the children. And just economically speaking, the more of something there is, generally the less value each individual thing has. Okay, fine. Well, there you have it. Um, not really sure that we accomplished anything with that discussion. As you could probably hear, I was trying to get something of value out of Jesse, and all we got was a synopsis or a summary of what you might find in the United States and a recognition that guns, the Second Amendment, and gun culture is very complicated. It's very complex. And so who's to say anything about it, apparently? Also, a very interesting admission. You get to hear where Jesse thinks that our right to own a firearm comes from. He says it's because a lot of people think that it's true. When I point out that uh, that makes me very uncomfortable because, you know, a lot of people thought that slavery was true or was a valid way to organize society. That didn't make it true, did it? So clearly the answer isn't there. And I try to get him to engage and he won't and doesn't. And that's probably why we don't really talk that much anymore on the podcast. So needless to say, it was not a fruitful conversation. It's sort of a callback 
back and sort of reminds me of some of my conversations in season one, where you just can't get recognition from the person you're talking to that they understand the topic or that their position on the topic is thought out in any way, shape, or form. So it does lead to an interesting series of questions that I am going to address in other podcasts. I have another Guns episode with uh, another special guest, uh, Chris Shelton, and I believe his wife joins me, Melissa, in that discussion. And I think we get a little further along, uh, but it leads one to wonder, what are our quote-unquote rights when it comes to gun ownership. We very briefly touch on it here and we talk about, well, it could be that that right is given to us or that we have that right because it says so in the Constitution or because everybody agrees that that has a right or because the government said so. But I think rightfully point out that that's not necessarily a right because we agree. Rights are based on evidence and they're based on the evidence that we see in the world. So what evidence do we have that owning a gun is a right. I mean, when you talk about the right to life, the evidence that we have is a moral argument. It's about the pain and suffering that one causes when they take away that right, specifically for the person that is dead. And dead people are evidence of an atrocity or pain and suffering. Now, sometimes dead people just happen. We would agree to that. But still, there is a loss there, isn't there? There is no more happiness or joy. There is no more pain. There is no more discomfort. There is no more anything. Dead is very final. And to have a right to life can be thought of in a couple of different ways. Now, I just described the evidence that might support a right to life, but one could say that the right to life is sort of a fantasy or a folklore that we tell ourselves. We have a right to be alive because we envision a society where you can just go around killing people and all, and therefore always having to worry about being killed as a not very fun society to live in, right? So... Anyway, these rights are very complicated. Uh, I don't want to cop out like my guest Jesse, but I think this is a full-on episode by itself, is I guess what I'm trying to say. I just want to touch on some of this with you to set it up for the next episode. We will talk about right to life in more detail, and I want to bring a richness to our rights, what rights are and why we think we have them or how we can prove that we have them. And unfortunately, that didn't happen in this episode. We do talk a little bit about what might be be our right to own a gun, and that's to defend our own lives. That would then fall into the right to life category, which is probably why I just went on a little tangent. Anyway, uh, I hope you enjoyed that episode. I can personally say that I did not, and I won't be inviting Jesse or people like Jesse onto the show for that reason, and I'm going to try to vet my guests a little better. See, in season two, I was just still making episodes because I needed content. But moving forward, if I don't find somebody that actually has something valuable to say, I don't think I'm going to have them on the show. I think I'll just monologue and I'll try to get to the bottom of things on my own. But that being said, if you have something to add, something genuine and something evidenced, something that you've really thought of that has a real basis in reality that you can point to, or you have a good grasp of the pros and cons, maybe you've watched a whole bunch of debates on a right to life, or maybe you've read a whole bunch of books, so you know the material very well contact me at earseductionpodcast at gmail.com. I'll have you on the show. We can have that discussion. It'll be fun, and maybe we'll become friends. Thank you so much for listening. This has been Ear Seduction. Ah!